So far in this series, we've met Simon of Cyrene. We've discovered a few details about his person in the three verses that recount his story. His, his name is of Hebrew origin, and he was likely a Jew. He had two sons by the names of Alexander and Rufus. He was originally from the region of Cyrene in North Africa and really was a relatively unknown person in his day. But let's take a moment here in this next reflection on his life to see what else we can discover about him in the three verses that recount his story. Two of the gospel accounts tell us that as Jesus was being led to the cross, Simon was coming in from the country. Mark fifteen twenty one, and they compelled the passerby Simon of Cyrene, who was coming in from the country. Luke twenty three twenty six, and as they led him away, they seized one Simon of Cyrene, who was coming in from the country. Now the Greek word agros used here refers to a field or a piece of cultivated land. Now, we're not told what Simon was doing in the country. Was he working there? Did he live there? We, we simply do not know. But what is interesting to note, however, is that Mark calls him a passerby. In Mark, uh, Mark's account in Mark 15 and verse 21, a passerby Simon of Cyrene. And by using the word passerby, we understand that Simon was not part of the crowd that had come to see Jesus crucified. As a passerby, he was just going from one place to another. And in this case, he was coming into Jerusalem from the countryside. We're not sure what he was there for, but he was not likely part of the crowd that had gathered with the express purpose of watching Jesus being led to the cross. Now, while we're not told what Simon was doing in the countryside at that particular time, we do know what was happening to the Lord right then. While Simon was in the countryside, Jesus was in the custody of Roman soldiers. And these soldiers were mocking Jesus. They put a crown of thorns on his head. They spat on him. And after brutally beating him, they led him out into the public streets on the way to the cross. Now, the Gospel of John tells us that at least initially, Jesus carried his own cross. In John 19 and verses 16 and 17, we read, So he delivered him over to be crucified. So they took Jesus and he went out bearing his own cross to the place called the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. Now, we could imagine what that cross would have been like to carry after being whipped and beaten as Jesus was. And it was as these events were taking place, and Jesus was struggling with the weight of that cross and the physical abuse that the soldiers had, had uh, put on his body, it was at that time that Simon in the country, decided to come into the city of Jerusalem. 
Now, being in the country, Simon had no way of knowing what was taking place at that precise moment in time. Being a passerby, he likely had no particular interest in what was taking place. And all the planning that took place that day was of divine origin. In heaven, the father watched his son being beaten. He watched him struggle with the heavy load that that cross uh, was to his physical body. And God moved the heart of a Roman soldier to see the burden Jesus was carrying. And that soldier somehow had enough compassion to understand that it was too much for his body to endure. And began immediately searching for someone to carry that cross for him. And as the soldier looked around, his eyes were drawn to Simon, who was just passing by at that precise moment. Had Simon delayed in coming from the countryside for even a minute, he would not have been at the right place. If Simon had taken a path that led him several meters in one direction or another, the eye of that Roman soldier would not have seen him. The timing of God was precise. He led Simon to the right place at the right time. He directed Simon in the path he was to take. There is no coincidence here. This was the work of God. And what is striking about all of this is that Simon likely had absolutely no sense of the Lord leading him at all. Now notice something else in this story. Notice the words of Mark. They compelled a passerby, Simon of Cyrene. The word compel in the Greek language means to press into service either by force, threat, or strong persuasion. The Roman soldier who looked to Simon was not looking for a volunteer to do a charitable deed. The idea here is that if Simon did not take up that cross and carry it, there would be serious repercussions for him. Matthew says the same thing as Mark when he records, And as they went out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name, they compelled his man to carry his cross. They compelled him. Luke puts it a little more bluntly when he says this, they seized one Simon of Cyrene. The idea here is that they took Simon by force. He was within arm's reach at the time they seized him, and they forced him to carry the cross. All three gospel writers feel compelled to tell us that Simon did not volunteer his service. He was forced at the point of spear and sword to carry that cross. It's true that Simon did not choose to carry that cross, but what is clear is that that cross was chosen for him. Simon had no interest in the cross. On that occasion, however, he had no choice. The burden of the cross of Jesus was placed on his shoulder, and the passerby now becomes very much part of the scene that was unfolding. His plans were changed that day. He likely wanted just to get through the crowd and on to his destination, but he was pulled into the very essence of what took place that day in the streets of Jerusalem. He may not have been thinking very much about Jesus as he left the countryside, 
but now he was compelled to follow his every step. He was obliged now to bear the shame with him. Historians tell us that the entire cross would have weighed about 300 pounds or 135 kilograms. And most criminals could not carry the cross to the place of the crucifixion. But what they did carry, however, was the cross beam that, that weighed about 75 to 125 pounds or 34 to 57 kilograms. And that cross piece was placed on the shoulders of the criminal and tied to their outstretched arms understand something about carrying the cross. It was a very humiliating thing. It identified you as a criminal. And a death on the cross was a very public and humiliating thing. It was intended to be so. It was a painful and long, long drawn-out death, and, and you'd not come down from that cross alive. And bearing that cross was a symbol of absolute defeat. You would never escape this sentence. This was your end. And the intent was to bring you to that place of hopelessness and defeat. When that cross was tied to Simon, he would do that walk of shame behind Jesus. It was a humiliating thing for Simon being forced at the point of sword and spear to carry that cross behind Jesus. Understand here that it was the guilty person who was supposed to carry that cross to his execution. But there was something the Roman soldier did not understand when he took that cross beam from the soldiers of Jesus Christ and tied it to Simon. His act that day was a very symbolic act. You see, Jesus was not the guilty one. In reality, Simon was the guilty party. Jesus did not deserve to go to the cross, but Simon, as a sinner like you and me, did deserve to go. Now, Simon may not have recognized that he deserved to die, but through his act that day, God was demonstrating something very important. God was telling the world that day that, it, that his son was not guilty. Simon took the cross to Golgotha. Like all of us, we were the ones who deserved to be strapped to that cross and, and, and headed off to, to Golgotha. Our sin brought the curse of God upon us. And as people looked on that day, they saw Simon carrying the cross. It was a picture that they very likely did not understand. Humanity was guilty. Simon, as a representative of the sinful human race, carried the cross as a symbol of his guilt and shame to the, to the scene of the crucifixion. And the scene before us as it unfolds is, is God's way of reminding us that the guilt and shame falls on sinful humanity. And Simon identifies with the death of Jesus by carrying that cross to the place of the crucifixion. And so what do we see from these verses? We see an uninterested passerby coming from the countryside into the city. But what's invisible to our eyes, however, is the timing and direction of God in the life of this passerby. Unknown to himself, 
the God of Israel moved and timed his every step to bring him to the very place where Jesus was bearing the weight of the cross. And there he stands before the Savior of the world. Unknown to himself and against his wishes, Simon is seized by a Roman soldier and compelled to bear the weight of the cross and carry it to the places of the skull in a very symbolic act. Simon would illustrate an incredibly important point. Through this unwilling passerby, God shows the world that his son was innocent. And through this man of Cyrene, God would show us a picture of our own guilt. He would publicly make a statement that it was us, it was humanity, not Christ, who deserved to carry that cross. But more than this, he was showing that like Simon, we need to accept a penalty for our sin. We need to pick up the cross and, and confess that it is our burden to bear. It's what we deserve. Like Simon, we deserve to carry that cross to Crucifixion Hill. It is our sin that put him on that cross. And in this case, the guilty party does carry the cross. He represents you and me as he does so. Now, there is no salvation until we understand our guilt. And the answer to our salvation and the need of our salvation is found in the cross. But before we hear the answer, we need to listen to the question. We need to understand the question. And that question relates to our guilt. Do we recognize that we are sinners like Simon? We are the ones who deserve to carry that cross. Do we recognize that the penalty of our sin is death and eternal separation from God? Do we confess our inability to do good and to be good enough to obtain the salvation by our own merit? Do we confess like Simon that we should be the one carrying that cross, not the Lord Jesus? What can we do? to have victory over the sin that separates us from this holy God? Well, the answer to that question is right in front of Simon. And as he walked behind the Son of God, who would lay down his life for our sins and shame, the answer was right there. It was unfolding right before Simon's eye. All Simon had to do was follow behind that Christ and watch what he would do to make things right. Simon of Cyrene, a symbol of our sin and shame, a symbol that we ourselves were the ones who needed to carry that cross. He represents sinful humanity as he follows behind Jesus to the place of the crucifixion.